1: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host Terence Ford and I am in a room with Sam Hesketh this week, but unfortunately still looking at Albert down the camera on a computer screen. Uh, Albert. Are oh, you sad you're not with us? No, I'm just sad that you ain't got any clothes on the Perrier. No. <laughs> um, no one needed needed to know that.
3: To well, they, they well, I didn't need to see it. So I, I was going to
4: gonna use it. I was going to use the phrase "no one needs to see how the sausage is made," but I don't think that's the best one to use oh. at the moment, is it?
3: Oh God. Um, chip a
4: lot of factory. Are you
3: are you <laughs> two do you two feel being next to each other is going to affect your um? performance i know this is sound turning into a fucking episode of are you being served it's not meant to be a double entendre do you feel a bit more self-conscious that you're in each other's presence
0: no
4: i feel empowered anything empowered
0: yeah cool good he's um stroking my ego (sighs) jesus (laughs) keep your hands
3: where i can see him please
0: (laughs) (laughs) well The good thing about me being in here in person with Heskiv is this.
2: I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? I'm going to leave you three to it, man.
0: Kick us off, Albert. What have you
2: got?
3: Um, You can just see I've got the last knockings of a a glass of wine tonight because I forgot to get a beer, so I've tucked into the missus's bottle of wine, much to her dismay. (laughs) Mm.
0: (laughs) Mmm. It's nice. I, um... I've got the tenth birthday tiny rebel wood aged Belgian birthday cake. Pray for me, Albert. It's just the, just the eleven percent. Oh fuck! And <clears throat> because I'm here in Heskip's house, he's going to have to have some with me. So H- have to. Oh a... dearie me! Look at this Belgian looks...
3: birth Belgian birthday cake sounds like. Um... I'm getting pictures of a oily European stripper.
4: <laughs> um, it looks like a glass of Pepsi Max at the moment. <laughs> mm.
3: Hold it up. Let me see. Oh,
4: dear. Yeah. Um, shall I go in? I don't know how to yeah. do this. Cheers. I like it.
3: Can I just say, I like it how Ter- he hasn't just poured you. it's not like a, in a restaurant where he's poured you a little bit for you to go. Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much. I'll have some more, please. He's gone all in and poured you a big old glass here we go I mean Es if there wasn't if there wasn't someone else in the video that I can see I'd it looked like you'd frozen
4: <laughs> I mean it's not I, I, I don't taste super birthday cakey to me but I've
0: never had a Belgian birthday cake so mm, it's a bit it's a bit more watery than I was expecting it to be I was, I was expecting it to be a bit thicker than that. Well, there you go.
4: I would say it's not for me. Um, well, I've, had half, I've had a half of the small glass I've been given. I'll polish it off by the end. Good. Um, how I was do it have
3: eleven percent. Eleven percent.
4: Wow. So that's may... going get
3: pun- careful. We might get punchy, and you are very close to him.
4: Wow. Well, it's only because we split it in half. It's only six, five and a half, six percent that I've got. And that's how it works, isn't it? Good. Good math. Well, yeah. Good maths. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> You can't really tell because of how I sound, anyway. But I've got a bit of a blocked nose, so oh. maybe that maybe that's dampening the the enjoyment of the, the birthday cake beer.
3: Terence, mm. did you know that Hesketh was ill before sitting within eighteen it, inches it, of him and, and sharing it a beer with him?
0: He, assur- he assured me it's not COVID. It's definitely not COVID. Um, I do, Fair by enough. the way. By
4: the way, just as a little cleanser, I do have a glass of water with me as well. There you
3: go.
0: Much like, much like if you came for a beer in my house, it's all served in Crystal Palace pint glasses as well. So it is. I've got this very fancy one here from the beer festival I missed.
4: I just I just rack up beer festival glasses, to be honest. Save, mm-hmm. Saves money.
0: You know? <laughs> it does. Um, right. We need to... We've got a lot to get to tonight, so no fannying around. <phone rings> God, I'll get straight into this early door. Uh...
2: <laughs>
0: um We're going to go back to goals this week, and I think it's slightly easier this week. So there is a kind of got
3: easier than last week, mate. Fucking hundred <laughs> percent record. Do you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how you get on. So, Oi, don't look at his phone if he's got that written on his phone. No, That's oh. He won't be able Thank to you. see. I've done it in a way that he won't be able to see even if he's looking over my shoulder. <laughs> So, you've,
3: what do you mean you've plied in with 11% B? Yeah. You
0: know? I'm, yeah, I'm seeing 17 phones at the moment. So, <laughs> thankfully, inflation isn't at 11% yet, but it is once again hit a 40 year high yesterday at 10.1. So, we're still higher or lower than 10. Okay. Hmm.
4: And I, th- I think it's my turn to go first this week, isn't it, Albert?
3: Yeah, if that, if you think that's going to help you,
4: I don't. Please do. Well, the ego has landed. You, you won last week, and now it's.
3: You know what they say about pride?
4: Um, It comes with prejudice.
3: No, (laughs) it comes before a fall. Uh, A fall? (laughs) A fall. A fall. Gotcha. The sort of fall you do when you've had a 12%. 12% beer,
0: yeah.
4: Birthday
3: cake.
0: (laughs) Okay, Sam Heskiff. Yeah. You're kicking us off with George and Dar. More or
4: less than ten goals, mm. I reckon more eleven. I was gonna say eleven. I should say it so get try and get bonus points and then be told no
3: no, don't try and fucking
2: <laughs>
0: change the rules okay, Albert you can have Owen Garvin. Owen Garvin less. Owen Garvin scored 11 goals. Oh, wow. Heskiff also saying less over here. Yeah, You've got to remember, when Murray went through that period of missing penalties, he took Oh, penalties. he did take penalties. Because Murray, Murray could only take a penalty when he was for a first or a brace, but if it was for a hat-trick, he missed it. So Owen Garvin started taking it whenever he was on a brace, which is madness because Murray could have had forty plus that yeah. season, really. If he could just tuck away penalties.
3: None and of so- these stats are making me feel any better. So can we move on please?
0: Okay. Sam. Yep. Your choice is Victor Moses. Oh, that's tough.
4: My initial my initial thought. Is more
0: Albert's but, face was definitely, but then, oh, Albert's going to do me here. she's <laughs> oh, playing mind games?
4: I think I that,
3: a, it doesn't matter I, if you get it wrong. I don't get a point, so I'm,
4: I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say more because it's my gut. Eleven goals
0: <sighs> for Victor Moses. Yes. Okay. Albert, it's two one, and you're gonna tell me if Wayne Routledge scored more or less than ten goals. By the way, yes. I think it's, I, I think it's two nil, less. Two nil was it?
4: Yeah, because you didn't get the own goal one right, did you, Albert? No, yeah, said less.
3: But I'm 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 only on my second pen.
4: Yeah, but he said it was two one. So it's 2 0. Sorry, it's
0: 2 0. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sorry. <laughs> I and, and you said, Albert, sorry. Wayne Routledge, you said. I've said less. Right winger who played 123 games for Palace scored 11 goals.
1: Oh, for fuck's sake.
0: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Little prick.
4: <laughs> he did that pirouette one. That's That's the one that I remember. All aboard? On the season period. review, brilliant.
3: <laughs> That's yes. the commentary. I watched it the other day.
0: Okay, it's all doesn't matter now. It's. it's over. Well, how many are there? Well, there's only. There's one more. Only three this week.
3: There's four last week.
0: You want to go four? Yeah, we'll go gotcha. from four. Well,
3: okay. obviously, I'm fucking two nil down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. <clears throat> Sam Heskiff Mm -hmm. Tony Popovich He
4: scored
3: a penalty Do Do own goals count? Yeah,
4: he scored the best own goal I've ever seen He scored a penalty on my, I think my 21st birthday Uh, I'll go less
0: Eight goals for Tony Popovich Yeah, let's
3: not do four Let's not do four
0: And okay, finishes off with three and we'll go with KG.
3: Oh see now now I'm doubting myself. I want what I want to say I should go with the opposite, but I think KG was less
0: nine goals yeah. for KG. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you the tie, what the tiebreaker would have been anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> we all thought that Pretty Patel was evil, but it turned out that there was someone waiting in the wings with Suella, who is today been sacked as the Home Secretary. Has she? Yeah. I'll oh, look at breaking news. Breaking so news. Get... I've been busy working. Well, she resigned, but before she was pushed, obviously. Um, Zero goals for Palace. Yes. Now, was she in situ as Home Secretary for more or less days than Steve Copper was Man City Manager?
3: Oh, that's really close. (laughs) I'm going to – can I go first?
4: Yeah.
3: I'm going to say it's ever so slightly less.
4: I I was going to say I think it's a little bit more. So this works out all right.
0: Oh, Heskip's absolutely annihilated you this week. It's uh, the... What was Koppel, 32 days? 33 days for Koppel, and I think it's either 43 or 44 days for Suela.
3: So, oh, wow. Hmm.
0: Hopefully she's on a plane to Rwanda somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's a, It's her a dream, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Miserable witch. Um, okay. So... Uh, more of, more of that next week. We need, we need to get we need to give it a name. That's what we need. I don't want
3: really to do it anymore. don't want really to do it anymore.
0: <laughs> it's too all in the series,
4: isn't it? All to, all to play for, Albert. Yeah, it is too.
3: Yeah, all right. Let's wrap it up next week.
4: <sighs> it's what everyone wants. It's what everyone's listening for.
3: Amazon oh, shit. Bid, Amazon bidding on the rights now to stream it live.
4: <laughs> um, I just remembered... At the end of uh, last week's pod, um, I said that if you tuned in this week, you'd find out what Noddy is called. Uh, sorry, Big uh, Big Ears is called. In,
0: I can't uh, thank God you remembered. I got multiple messages with crying face emojis at me saying "Le Noddy." Le Noddy. <laughs> um, kill
4: some time because I thought you. I had it up on my phone, but I didn't. This is going to be the biggest uh anti-climax yeah. of
0: all of all time. Yeah, unless it's, you know, I've I have previously said on the show that one of my favourite TV shows ever is a Deep Space Nine. So if you say Ferengi, I'm gonna be um really surprised. Uh his name
4: is Potiron, which means pumpkin. That's it. Pottyron. Although when you type in what is big ears called, uh it it auto it auto finishes it as what is big ears called now. <laughs> so maybe maybe the the ear po- police have come after the the naming the naming the who? It or something else the ear police.
3: Oh right, yeah. <laughs> Pardon. Bloody bloody Wokerati. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, why? You, you can't
3: him? you can't even call a fictional
4: gnome big ears anymore. Well, uh, apparently, he is still called Big Ears, but in Amer in the American dub. He's called Mister Squeaks, and help. back
0: to the palace chat. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about wolves, and I'm 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 still buzzing. Not just because this eleven percent beer is already like starting to tingle my senses, but um, what a second half! Really, really, you know, come back from behind again for the third time at home this season to win a game and i was saying to Heskip just before we were recording the it wasn't just that we played really well it was that wolves were in the game as well you know on, they look dangerous on the counter they still created chances and that added jeopardy just made it a really good spectacle in the second half and yes yeah, most fun i've had at set for a while um that's that's probably an unfair thing to say. I mean, I just I had an extremely extreme amount of fun, big celebrations when Wilf Wilf scored that winning goal. So um, we'll start at, we'll start at the beginning, and it was saying for Are you um, Albert? Your brother said elise shit. So we'll start with you.
3: <laughs> don't don't tar me with the brush,
0: Neil. Not for real,
3: Neil. Not for real. He was. Uh, I mean. We've said what a what a second half, but I think it also has to be said what a first half, but for complete opposite reasons um I know we'll move on to the end of the game and post match comments, but Vieira seems to think that in his post match comments on Amazon that you know he was he was he was happy with the first half and we were the team trying to play football, and we were the team on the front foot i mean. Definitely, the commentary team and the and the punditry team didn't agree with it. I certainly didn't agree with it. So, you know, that was that was mildly worrying. But you know, after the fact, when we've won two one and played out of our skins second half and looked like a completely different side, you know, that's kind of it's almost irrelevant. But um, yeah, I thought nobody really was good first half. I think Elise included. I certainly wouldn't say he was shit though, and and write him off. I think I think our problem first half was. We were so deep in our own half and, you know, Elise gets us up the pitch or tries to get us up the pitch. But when he's doing it sort of 10, 15 yards inside our own half and we're kind of pe- penned in, it's it's difficult to do that, even if he breaks away. You know, he's, he's still two-thirds of the way from the goal. So, I like I say, I don't think anybody had a great game. But, you know, second half, we grew into it. Uh, you know, Elise puts one on a – I mean, it's a great cross, puts one on a plate for Eze. Um, and then the whole team sort of grew grew from there, really. So, you know, it's kind of, it's a mixed bag of a performance, but there's literally no fault in that second half.
0: Kessieff, okay, so what do you think was the problem in the first half as to why it was such a slow start and, you know, lucky not to be behind with Diego Costa missing a good chance? Or we should probably say Guaita making a good save.
4: Yeah, <clears throat> it's, it was weird because we obviously we had the shot early, very early on when Decore hit the post. And you're sort of hoping, okay, that's we've got our eyes in. You know, we're gonna we're gonna get on top now. But we just they moved moved around a lot more than us. I think when we had the ball, we just looked very static, which is an- annoying when you consider the sort of players that we've got up front. I felt a bit sorry for Edouard first half because I I don't think he was really to blame for anything. He was running around a bit, but the ball was nowhere near him for most of the game. So yeah, I just think it was. <clears throat> we just were very slow slow out the blocks you know we, our passing was a bit off we didn't we didn't move the ball well we we didn't move ourselves well you know the players were just sort of standing waiting for the pass rather than coming for it or or making a move and it's just it, it's frustrating because you know you know what we're capable of doing and yeah when the when their goal came obviously wardy sort of got dragged inside a bit and and Elise was nowhere near the the, the overlap and, I mean, he couldn't miss. really. It was, a, it was a good cross, but Traore was sort of could have closed his eyes and scored that, I think, which... Mm. No, it's, no, it's, no it's, goals
0: it's... in his last 40 appearances. Oh, yeah. probably five foot ten. Probably against us was his last goal in the FA Cup. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's... I mean, the whole thing around Traore was weird because I thought he had a decent <laughs> first half, um, caused a lot of problems. I thought um, Mitchell actually... Probably had a better game, best game he's had for a while, probably, and did have a good battle with him and and tried, but he's a difficult guy to defend against. But there's obviously Elise starting over Ayu. You've got to imagine that that Bueno wouldn't have had all that room down the left Mm -hmm. to provide that cross if he was on the pitch. But as I I think a lot of people have said, um, Ayu wouldn't have also been providing that sort of cross, quality of cross for Eze at the back post. So swings and roundabouts a bit. But um, Trurore. was having a good game and a bit like Wilf at Leicester on the weekend out but him being subbed off seemed like a really weird decision.
3: Yeah, I I, I don't know if it was a like I say, I haven't I haven't tracked walls a lot this season. I know they're on a tab. I don't know if it was a fitness thing. Um you know he's a very sort of, he's a very different style of player in terms of, you know, he's he's a m- massive unit in terms of you know, we all know he's like quite bulked and but at the same time he's got he's got pace to burn so you know you, d- you do wonder if a, if a player like that you know struggles to make more than sort of 80 minutes effectively you know he's a real you know they went through a massive phase before his little stint at Barca you know he didn't he wasn't always on the on the on the starting 11 for Wolves and, they, and they'd bring him on to run at tired defences and, and cause a little bit of chaos which you know I think he's, he's very good at and, and I think that Played into their hands first half. I thought combination of their backs being, I think, both very good backs and finding a lot of space and pinning us back. Sort of, you know, that gives us another thing to think about. Which kind of meant Triora had a little bit more space, and and as you said, he's a tricky player to mark and keep an eye on. So, you know, I think we were, I think we're unlucky to. Whilst we weren't great, Wolves weren't great either. So I, I still think there's an element of bad luck to be one nil down at half time. The referee wasn't particularly doing his job very well and the like, De Kure's hit the bar with a fucking amazing shot. So whilst it wasn't um a stellar first half, there was a little bit of bad luck to for us to be in one nil down. It's just, you know, it's the classic thing. Wolves were on a terrible run of form, they haven't scored in sixty five games or something, and yeah, we're going in one nil down at half time, you know, it's we sort of come to expect those sort of things at Sellers Park. But yeah, I think, I think Trauré, differ-
0: Trauré's header at the back stick ended a run of 75 shots away from home without a goal for us. Yeah. There
3: yeah. were some mad stats coming out on the com- commentary last night.
0: You're thinking, oh,
1: fucking hell.
3: <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, the, the, different, the difference these days is that we do have a manager who, you know, I mean, Vieira says, uh, you know, they were, they were speculating, oh, did you give him the hair dryer treatment? You know, we, thought we all saw you in, in your Arsenal days. And he was like, no, no, didn't do that. Told him to go out and keep doing what we were doing in the first half, which sort of, you know, raises an eyebrow because you think, well, we definitely weren't doing what we were doing in the first half. You know, Wolves didn't really change the way they were playing. Um, but wh- whatever happened, uh, you know, I think it was just a case of being a little bit further up the pitch, being a little bit more aggressive. And just trying to just trying to play a bit more, you know, really t- taking a few more risks. And I mean, we could do a whole podcast on it. Zaha yesterday, j- just in that second half, was fucking phenomenal. And you know, he's he's rightly grabbing headlines today. And Jason Cundy went on a big, big spiel about how good he was on TalkSport. Um, good. Plan. So yeah, I
4: think
3: thanks, thanks, Fan Network. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of that's I think that's the difference. You know, we have got a manager that. Whether he's telling the truth or not about putting a rocket up, people or you know he didn't 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 hook anybody off and make any major changes, but the, t- the team came out with a with a different mentality and mm-hmm. you know we we should be doing that from from the off, particularly at home against teams like Wolves because mm-hmm. you know in a, in a slightly different universe you know we we could have gone in we could have gone in half time two 0 up you know and looking quite comfortable so. You know, a, a poor Leicester performance, and people having question marks over In Zaha and Vieira, which is madness. Um, me, it's nice, that, it's, yeah, yeah, of this parish. Uh, it's it's nice to know that it's taken, you know, what less than half a week to kind of broom all that bullshit out of the sort of discourse and the discussion. And look, that's what that's what we can do when when we actually try and and play on the front foot. So. I yeah, think it's a great... I'd like to think it's a, a bit of a um, touch paper on our season. You know, that's a real... Look, that's what we're capable of. We've got, like, five more games that are winnable or def- certainly should be taking points from them. Let's, that second half should be the template for the next few games.
0: Yeah, well, Vieira talks about it often said said um, it's the consistency is the thing. It's like he knows we've got those sort of performances in our locker. It's just doing it on a consistent basis is the challenge. Um, but I was very unlucky to be 1-0 down but also maybe lucky not to be 2 nil down with the free kick hitting the post which wasn't a free kick by the way and you touched on David Coote the referee there just some phenomenal decisions <laughs> in that first half into how when he did eventually book their number six and he pointed to all the fouls he'd made like he he had to point five times before he actually <laughs> got to the one like it was just, what he how has he not it's, been in the
3: book already? He lost count. Yeah. yeah
0: it was a dick and I
3: don't I don't I don't know if it was first half or second half, but the, the Joel Ward challenge on oh.
4: mm. you know, Podent events, yeah.
3: Yeah, and it's like they're looking they're looking at that for red card and, and to be to be fair, I can't think uh, Ali McCoist in the comms was like, it's not even a foul. Yeah, like, let alone let alone a yellow card, let alone a red card. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. Like, you know, and there was a couple of other challenges where you know, players have got to go for the ball. And the referees, you know fucking losing his head. It was it was an odd performance.
0: Well he's he is the size of a hobbit. If he wants to play with men, like he's gonna he's gonna get knocked about a bit. Um and I really enjoyed it in the second half where it was Podence who ended up on the floor when there was four of them trying to get to a <laughs> And then he chased him all the way back to the edge of the penalty area and then he danced around him and made him nearly fall over again and snap his ankles. Um, yes, uh, weird, weird player that Podents Obviously has a goal against us in yeah. the past. <laughs> I was going to say,
4: one thing that I thought was really good in the second half, after I was saying the first half, it was just a, a big lack of movement, was Wilf and Elisa coming coming in and, and sort of back to collect the ball a lot more, whether they got the pass or whether it went, you know, beyond them to, to Edouard or whoever was overlapping. And we started doing that really early, like the first, you know, five, 10 minutes of the half. And then as we went on, you know, Wilf would go a bit more central and Edouard will go out wide. And they, so it's nice to have that sort of fluidity where it, it doesn't hurt, our, it doesn't hurt Edouard to go out wide for a bit. It doesn't hurt Wilf to go in the middle for a bit, you know, and, Obviously, getting an early goal in the second half helps a lot because you get your tails up and and they're under the cosh then. But we just looked a lot more comfortable and confident on the ball. And I mean, I'm we'll come to it. I'm sure we might as well come to it now. The the move that started by Wilf bustling like half their team out of the way and ended up with Edouard having a bicycle kick that almost went in was absolutely unbelievable. Like it, I, I thought, it's absolute filth. I saw a, a tweet from uh, Joe Walker. Sometimes of this parish, sometimes of FYP. <laughs> um, but he he basically was like, if that had gone in, I would have left the ground and never come back because yeah. that would have been that would have been the pinnacle of Palace if that had gone in. Mm. Um, yes,
3: unbelie- unbelievable move and just one of many examples
0: of Zaha just being absolutely on one. Just, well, just, yeah. It was interesting the post match when I was talking to Zaha and I was asking the question cause they they said what changed in the second half because. <laughs> Nothing changed tactically, and I was like, "That's nonsense." Mm. We absolutely <clears throat> went four four two immediately after half time, and Wilf, or maybe more like a four four one one, with Wilf kind of playing in that Shamak role mm. under the Pulish, you know, just dropping into the oh. spaces, and there. I, I don't know what else they're calling him. Thicker thick as shit fullback who was man-marking him, just kept following him inside of the park yeah. and leaving space everywhere, yeah. which is how Eze ended up, who clearly went to the left wing. There was clearly yeah. a tactical change. And it's interesting that Vieira said, no, there wasn't no tactical change. And that Will said, I made that decision to do that myself, which feels like I feel like that's that's got to be a bit of nonsense. That's yeah. got to be a bit of mind games. There's no way that Will surely <laughs> can, can't just be making that decision to switch the formation to 4-4-2. But, I mean, from the from the get-go in the second half, Wilf just ascended to this, like, he's very top level and they just couldn't live with him. Yeah. And it was unbelievable to watch. Like, I'm I just still buzzing about it now. Like, what, <laughs> what? I've just been just daydreaming about it all day long. I, t- I, f-
3: I feel, I mean, obviously, he still took headlines and, and got a goal. But I, I almost feel bad for Eze because for, for someone else to, on that same pitch... To put in a better performance than Eze, and again, we're sort of solely focusing on the second half. You know, we're concentrating on that. For for someone else to to be, I a, am a, a, going to say a level above Eze, like that's that's saying something. That's how good Zaha was because Eze was just mm-hmm. Eze was just again, it's it's nothing that he's not been doing for the last few games, but it it was just it was even better. You know, just the way that he holds the ball and. And again, I, we, we talked about it last week, just it seems like he's doing it in slow motion, the way he just mm. like turns and even at a bit of a stretch, you know, he's sort of uh, stretched pivoting. He's, he's still managing just to, you know, get, get f- turn and face the goal and, and put a pass into Edward or Zaha. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, he's 20 yards closer to the box and, you know, desperate for the ball again. I mean, he's like I say, it's, it's, it's a massive, massive credit to Zaha to, to, to come away from that game saying you were even better than Eze. Like, they were both just st- stunning, stunning to watch.
4: And what, what a pass from Ebbs in the build-up to Wilf's goal. I mean, yeah. everything about that move, even, it, it seems like a simple pass for Edouard to make, but to get the weight of it perfectly where Wilf doesn't have to break stride, he just collects the ball and, and gets it in. Like, every part of that goal was, was just great to watch. I mean, the, the pass from Ebbs was just unbelievable, you know? To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Yeah, it goes. It, it like again last week. I, I, I described Eze's goal was like a real five-a-side goal. That's the sort of goal that you see uh, down a, a five-a-side centre, albeit on an eleven-side pitch in the Premier League. And Wilf was the same. You know, it's just it's just smart players that just make it look easy, and uh, it makes it look like they're playing against you know people of my age and stature. You know? <laughs> like just the way that he's there, and he finds the space, and he just you know he's got all almost got all the time in the world just to absolutely lever it in in that bottom corner. It's just, it's so casual, but obviously it's not casual because it's, uh, you know, it's a real good team goal, but there's just something about it that's like, you just don't see goals like that very often. You know, we we see amazing like tiki-taka Man City goals and well, now, now it's like Haaland banging them in left, right and centre, but just this sort of, you know, this sort of really casual, slick, Kind of, sort of, you know, South London Crystal Palace style of football. It's just, it's, it's so
0: nice to watch, and well, it, it I'm so glad. That, games, it, like you say, it, yeah. it's so unusual to have that someone completely unmarked just drifting into the middle of the goal and being able to just slot it past a goalkeeper who's never going to have a chance. Is just, yeah, it's yeah that that is you're doing something special to teams to be able to like carve them open like that. That's yeah. for sure.
2: Yeah. Mm. And I,
0: I, there was at no point did I think Wilf
4: was going to not score there? Yeah. You know, like I, I mean, obviously with Terry and I are in the homestead, like I, 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 I'm i right by the guy, I'm in block D. And as soon as Wilf, you know, you, you sort of saw the centre half plant his foot and not get it. That was it. You just knew it was in. I'm sure if the camera like panned onto our block, everyone in our block was already celebrating. Because Wilf, Obviously, Wilson's a sensational player. We know that, but his finishing has just gone up and up and up in the last sort of year, year and a half, maybe. I'm like, he just, he just ain't gonna miss. You know, he knew he wasn't gonna miss. He didn't. I don't even mm. think you need to look. Um, and he said there was an interview, I think, on the palace side after the game where he was like, "What, what do I give this team? Well, I give this team goals." And I didn't yeah. score against Leicester, so now I'm glad to be back on the score sheet. And it's like. Not scoring for a game or two games and then being like, okay, now I've got a goal again. You know, that's a, it's the sort of attitude you want. And you know that he's capable of carrying on. He's, he's, there's only three or four players that have scored more than him in this calendar year. Yeah.
3: I mean, easy. obviously,
4: one of them is Haaland, who scored that in about two and a half games. But he's, <laughs> he's an outlier.
0: But just we we'll, yeah, we're not, we'll we're, feel- not to, we're not allowed
3: to count those ones.
0: Well, he's only one behind him now, anyway. So, um, but yeah, it's
3: Kane and Son. I think are the other two. I mean, yeah. that's yeah,
0: that's team
3: pretty. Team you know, that, yeah. no yeah. no mention of you know no mention of Salah or Fardy. You know, yeah, yeah like Fardy. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Fardy's that, a modern day go- great goal scorer, man. Like, come on, <laughs> it's only this season that he's maybe ages caught up with him, but
3: he's got other things to think about, like that massive court bill. That he's gonna have to shell out for um
0: yeah like
3: it's just all all, all credit to Wilf and again the post-match talking about Wilf just kept talking about efficiency Mm -hmm. and again it's it's a you see it not not necessarily recently because obviously he's been he's been delivering goods in front of goal but you see a lot of people saying why doesn't he take people on anymore why why is he he stopped running he's not he's not trying to beat a man anymore and you know you hear Wilf talk about it yesterday and if you haven't seen the interview I would really recommend you dig it out you know he said look I, he said, I oh, know I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. I do it. I do it when I need to, I'll do it if I think it's going to help the team, but you know, we're, we're all trying to be efficient. Um, and I, and that's what I'm saying to the youngsters, you when you're on the pitch, you've got to show what you can do and you've got to do it with efficiency. Um, and, and that comes from, that comes from a playing a more, you know, a, a a sort of more dynamic passing style that Vieira's trying to do, you know, the, the ball pings around. We're, we're not, we're not trying to slow the play down and, Everyone's taking four or five touches and, you know, retaining possession and, you know, just keeping the ball for the sake of keeping the ball, you know, that we're, we're trying to turn the ball around and get up the pitch quicker. And, and you do that by being smart and efficient. So it's it's nice to hear, hear Vieira and Zaha come out and, and sort of talk about the the plan. You know, it's 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 real harmony.
0: I did have to laugh though when they was having that conversation with him, and it had the stats his stats on a match on the screen, which was reading 11 dribbles, which is an astronomically high number of yeah. dribbles in the game. Why he's there saying, "Yeah, I don't, I don't dribble as much these days." That, <laughs> that,
3: that's, that my favorite, my, my favorite bit is when they did the sort of stand around post-match before they, I think it was before they brought out Zaha, or no, no, Zaha was there. Vieira hadn't come out yet. You know, Shearer and. Clinton and who was the other one? Ali McCoy, were are all talking about how bad the first half was. And core, you know, they and you know, whatever he did at half time, he changed it. Blah, blah. And then, like, 10 seconds later, Vieira turns up and they're like, You know, what did you do at half time? And he was like, Nothing. I thought we were really good at it in the first half. And you sort of saw <laughs> sort of, sort of, sort of like Shearer and McCoy be a bit like, Are you going to tell him? Are you going to tell him? <laughs> no, no, it's just
4: the same we just didn't carry on. Today. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, no, we agree. Yeah, no, we agree.
4: Mentioning the uh, uh, the the after after match interview there, um, so I was in Glaciers after the game. Obviously, they have the tellys on, but the sound turned down. And you see Wolf walking; they follow him up, you know, up the pitch. And then I see Clinton there, and I'm like, okay. I mean, my two favourite players of all time. Yeah. A couple of people just patted me on the back because they knew that I was getting a bit emotional just seeing them together. <laughs> um, but having seen the interview back, and it, I agree with Albert; it's, it's a great interview. You should definitely watch it. Clinton jumped in and he said, "You know, I've got to say this. I do know Will personally, but people say he's a this and he's a that, and he moans all the time and he's got an attitude problem. And it's it's not an attitude; it's a will to win. And that's the like we know it. We know it from watching him. But it's great to hear someone like Clinton, who is a great pundit, whether he played for Palace or not. I think he's a great pundit to understand what Will's like. Like he's not." He's not a horrible you know, piece of shit. He, he cares. He wants to win. He wants Palace to do well. And, you know, now he's got a team behind him that has a lot of potential to allow him to do that. I hope it's for more than this season, obviously. But to hear him talk about the oh, I'm telling the youngsters, I'm giving them advice, you know, and he's what, twenty nine thirty. It's great to see him blossom into that role and have players like Ebbs and Elise. Say, behind him who are like they 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 get it they're the same no one will be Wilf but they're the same you know the same ilk uh and I think it's probably really good for him to be the experience like the teacher you know because mm. he's definitely matured a lot on and off the pitch, you know, when you hear him in interviews, it's not just him saying I'm buzzing <laughs> fifteen fifteen times in an interview. It's just he's now he's just saying
0: efficient fifteen yeah. times in an interview. Maybe Sorry, just
3: can I just interject talking about buzzing, how's the twelve percent beer going down mate?
0: Yeah, I mean it's gone. Uh, oh, I mean it's, it's it's not bad. It's it's a three and a half out of five for me, for my likings. Um, a Jordan, are you? Yeah, just steady, steady as <laughs> steady as far as eleven percent birthday cake beers go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it. I would, I will, I will never be drinking this beer again. Let me just put it that way. It's not, it's not really my cup of tea. But, what, um, what I want now is to have Belgian birthday cake because then at least
4: I can be like, oh yeah, it does taste like Belgian birthday cake.
2: Mm.
0: Anyway, back to, um, so on Zaha and his attitude, whilst it's it's great to hear Morrison say that, there's definitely been a shift in the media and pundits around the way they talk about Zaha in the last year. And it's now they were just all, all over him and they love him. like shit, Shearer's just done a full 180 and, he used to slag Zaha off all the time, but now he puts up numbers, as he was saying after the game. Um, and it's it's true, I guess you'd. It was always the thing that we always said, like we knew what he was capable of. Now the stats are backing it up, and he's scoring the goals, even though technically last season he padded that with penalties a bit. But <laughs> we are where we are now. He's actually, you know, scoring very important goals, match winning goals. You know, it's as we, we've already touched on today's finishing has certainly improved drastically under Vieira. And it's, it's a great thing to see, um, which is affected yeah. by Palace being on the TV behind you. Wilf we- was just on the TV behind you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've just put the highlights on again, just, just for laughs. But yeah, um, I mean, I think again, going back to the, the, uh, I think, yeah, I think it was the Jason Cundy clip. He says, you know, I, I, I can see him slotting in. I can see him in a Chelsea shirt. I can see him in a Arsenal shirt. I can see him in a Spurs shirt. City, Liverpool, probably not. And the thing is, I, you know, again, Palace fans, we we know it. I think that's always been the case. I think that's always been the case for the last five, six years. It's just he's been in a in a team where he's been carrying players and a style that just isn't him naturally. You know, he's not. He was. He was. He was our. He was our Plan A and our talisman. But the whole the team wasn't necessarily built around him and players of a similar style and mindset weren't put with him whereas five six years ago if you picked him if someone paid us the 75 million and you picked him up and you dropped him into spurs arsenal whoever Mm. i'm sure you'd be seeing the performances that you're seeing now it's just taken this long for our team our squad our style to almost catch up with him um and you know if this is the culmination of it and this is if this is the sort of his sort of final curtain and he's gonna go out like this, then you sort of think, you know, fucking fair enough. I don't want to see it, but it's 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 he, he deserves the team that he's playing with. And yeah. it's credit to Vieira and it's credit to the club for sort of I'm sure it's all part of a wider grand grand plan to convince him to stay for another three years, whatever. But yeah, it's like I say, he's he definitely has matured on the pitch, off the pitch, and just looks more comfortable in the team, like he's he's still the main man, but he can look left and right and see as a and Elise and just better players that are, are just on his wavelength a bit more.
4: Is this the most we've ever talked about football on the podcast? I think it must be. <laughs> it's up there. Turns yeah, out, probably. T- turns out Albert knows his stuff and gets quite passionate. Who knew?
3: <laughs> it's that glass of wine in it,
0: and there it is. The post that oh. has been raised. Um, few other points in the game, just to wrap it up. Miss of the season. I know it was offside and all <laughs> that from the guy who crossed it, but that uh, who, who was it at the back post? Right? It was.
4: I had it. I. It was Collins. It was a centre half, which you can sort of tell by the way
0: he, he missed it very he's, bad. He's a he's a weird one. That Collins. He's highly rated by a lot of people, but. I've also seen a lot of people say they think he's shit, and I'm, yeah. in, the, I'm in the I think he's shit category. Um, yeah, it's, who, who was it? Um, someone in front of me yesterday at the game said, Burn the R to defenders what Peter Rour are to strikers. They just make them look really good, and then as soon as they go anywhere else, their dog's Yeah, striking. so that's a very good shout. Mm. Um, Anderson versus Costa, shithouse versus shithouse. Um, I'm so with- glad
3: you raised that one.
0: <laughs> Anderson frying him on the floor. Um, getting some de- demo vibes in there, Albert.
3: I was going to say I'd, I'd really hoped that Anderson had been on the phone to Delaney once he knew that Costa was playing, just to <laughs> get in his head. The best thing about it, and and I get it, you know, a lot of the stuff that happens on the field during play is sort of football bravado. But the best thing that happened is like the moment that happened, Costa got substituted, and, yeah. and even and I'm sure, I, you know, listen, I'm sure Costa of six, seven years ago would have been dragged off and pointing at Anderson and giving him all the verbal, but he absolutely dropped his ass and sort of did a very polite yeah. ten- tennis player handshake with Anderson. And I think Joe Ward was like, oh, yeah, okay, sorry, thanks very much. And, and made way, which was, uh, again, I think that, again, just says everything about Anderson's shithousery. He outshithoused the the ultimate
0: yeah I mean he's still got that nasty streak to his game in the terms of he's like he's leaving his shoulder in there's little elbows in there like in the ribs and stuff like he's definitely still got it about his game and he's he teeters that line of being a bit too dangerous and over the top but Mm -hmm. you know he's done it at the top for years now and you know great striker in his day but he's definitely probably quite a bit past it now He, he had you saw it just First twenty minutes, he was he carried a sort of a threat on the shoulder of the defender, but that immediately went away as soon as he started to blow out of his ass a bit. Which, yeah. <laughs> which I found the what I thought was quite a lot of the Wolves players, their engines just weren't anywhere near where our players are, um, which I found quite interesting. Um, I don't know if that comes, you know, not having a manager and all of that kind of vibe, but yeah, um, man of the match. I mean. Should Move we Will Zaha <laughs> and then should we go who else gets honourable mentions? We've already talked about Eze. I think for me, Shake the Corey's got to have a mention, especially yeah. picking a yellow card up early, which keeps him out of Everton, as we'll get on to um as we very briefly preview Everton. I think we're gonna have to call this the Wolves match report, to be honest. Um <laughs> yeah. But, phenomenal I've got an,
3: yeah uh, my my uh my alternative uh, and again mainly for second half. I'd say I thought Joe Ward had a very good second half, actually. Um,
0: yeah, after was bringing, yeah after a poor first one.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, but again, he wasn't the only one. But I think second half he was he was really solid and and was finding good passes, you know, and was and was definitely again definitely trying to bring the ball down, take a little shift, and and find an incisive pass to the you know to the more creative players in front of him, and he and he and he he kept us he kept us sort of playing out really mm. um so he sort of stood out a bit not not man of the match but yeah. you know he gets a lot he gets a lot of stick because sometimes he ain't great so i f- mm. feel compelled to to give him a shout out for what i thought was a great performance in the second yeah.
0: half I, I thought um jeff schlupp eventually grew into the game but fuck me the journey was painful it was, uh, I thought for 75 minutes, he was just dreadful. And I thought um, then there was a 15-minute period basically towards the end where he actually was decent. But just like, it's so funny because i looks after the game because in my mind, he gave away every pass he attempted to make for a period of time. But he had like 85% pass actually or 87%, which shows that it was always the time where it was a key part, where it was a pass, where it was like, okay, this is the moment where this pass unlocks it. and it's Yeah. Like, and it was just disappointing. Yeah, he's
4: just not he's just not fit for that position. Like, I mean, we people who've listened to this pod know that I I like him now. I'm not his biggest fan, maybe. But there were just times, you know, when I was saying the first half we were static, there was a couple of times when when Sheik had the ball and Jeff was just stood like parallel with him about ten yards away, just waiting, just move. Just move up the pitch, man. Like create something, or if the ball comes to you. You don't need to automatically just pass it back where it came from. You know, you look at Decoré. Decoré is very, very good at knowing when to turn and run with the ball, when to turn and pass, when to go straight back. And Jeff just isn't isn't good at that, and it it it's been very apparent the last few games. And yeah, Albert, absolutely. Albert is, pointing, Albert is pointing at his telly as I say this. Has he just done that?
3: Uh, no, as I just. Scored a really nice header at the back stick. I don't know if you've seen it.
4: Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, I think. I mean, we can we can segue, I guess, in, into the Everton game. But I think Decore not playing is going to be an absolutely massive, massive loss for us because he really is so good at what he does. And we've already said it on this pod before, I think. But like, you know, it's not it's not a very like sexy position that he plays. But everyone's always talking about him after the game. He's just so he's not like a big physical presence, but even when he's like always sliding in, he just gets the ball and he knows how to mm-hmm. pass it. And, you know, early on yesterday when he had the shot, that was just him picking up the ball, knowing when to run and then unleashing the shot. And to to lose that, not only that sort of barrier in front of defence, but the guy who sets things in motion so well, you know, I, I assume Luca's going to come in for him and it's a big ask of Luca. And to be fair, Luca, other than... <laughs> to massively misliding in challenges against Leicester it looked all right but i mean it's going to be chalk and cheese really because he uh, sheck has been has been superb this season
2: mm-hmm.
0: Right. this we will move slowly move into everton um, but i'm going to sort of do something oh
1: my god that is like so cpsc um
0: i got the stats for the wolves game so let's see how they stack up retrospectively um this is Palace's first ever Tuesday night game in the Premier League in the month of October. Oh, yeah, which is interesting in itself. Um, Paddis have played an October Tuesday night game at home once before against Wolves in October. It was in 1998. We won three one. I'm going to wager that neither of you would be able to. We can get one goal scorer correct. What year? 1998. So this is post relegation. So it's betting it's uh, it's ninety eight ninety nine season. We won three one ninety one eight
3: ninety
0: nine. Yeah, silence. So you've got. I'm
3: going to I'm going to just take a punt. I'm going to take just an absolute punt. I'm going to say Andy Roberts. <laughs>
4: No. 98, 99.
0: Did he pay? Mateus Fenton? No. So <laughs> you've got Craig Moore. Oh, he was great. Was. Dingo. Sasa Churchich. Oh, my God. And unbelievably, Saji Burton. If you remember Saji Burton. Bloody hell. Big Saji. It turns out, I found out, is um, growing up I was really good mate my cousin. And um, I spoke to him about being on the podcast once. And then we got chatting and, and I was like, oh, and put him in contact. And now they're back in contact in a month oh, wow. again. Yeah. There you go. Um, and this, I didn't know this, Palace's first home game versus Wolves ever was in the 1909 FA Cup. And it's the last time that the holders of the FA Cup, being Wolves, were eliminated by a non-league club. Oh, wow. We were in the Southern I like, it. I,
3: like it. I like it how you had to clarify who the <laughs> which team had won the FA Cup.
0: And then this is, this is more just in terms of the ridiculousness of the stats that he comes up with, which is what I love. Palace have not lost a home game to any club in all competitions that's not a big six club or doesn't traditionally play in Claret and Blue <laughs> since November of 2020, which was Newcastle.
3: Sorry, you're gonna to have to go. That's,
0: that's, 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 so basically, that's it's not, the that's top, top six for Ham, herbs. I think, and Villa probably. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so now we'll move into um, Everton this weekend. Palace's first ever defeat in Division One was at Everton, a two-one loss in '69, in front of the, and it was the biggest crowd that Palace had ever played in front of at that point. Wow. Uh, Mateta has scored in consecutive games against Everton the last player to do this was well, it says Alex Dyer here but it was definitely Bruce Dyer with two penalties in the 97-98 season so n- my 15th birthday him and Lombardo scored in the 2-1 win very big and then another penalty at Sellers Gareth Southgate and Mark Bright are the only other Palace players ever to score in consecutive games against Everton so Mateta mm-hmm. looking for stand-alone if he can come off the bench, because let's face it, Edouard has pinned down that position up front now, right?
4: He has. He has.
0: Deservedly so, I think. Yeah. He's, um, it, all it took me was to write him off in the last game before he scored his first goal, was to say he's finished. I, I've got that reverse curse kind of vibes going on. He's I'm not ne-
3: finished. He's only 28. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, Paddis have played their 11th game of the season against Everton before lost 3-1 don't like that one fuck Uh, Palace have never won at Everton in October these are very me skewed stats aren't they I'm enjoying these but in 1994 did beat Everton at home in game 11 1-0 Andy Priest. so bit of a mixed bag there
2: oh my god that is like so CPSC
0: more of that next week Getting into this game, the big thing, the big thing, Albert is Shake the core is suspended. Picked yes, up fifth yellow card. Um, in a game where Wolves players were kicking Palace players up in the air, left, right, and centre, repeated rotational fouling, the core makes one tackle, yellow card.
3: Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, just, they, I mean, it was the same last season, wasn't it, when we played Wolves? They've just become this really, really cynical team, whether that's kicking, you know, the rotational fouling or taking a tumble, staying down, all that stuff. They've just become this really, I mean, who wants that job? I don't know. They'll, they'll find someone, I'm sure. But, you know, the structure of that club and the way they play and the sort of style they've in, inherited is just, get down. Um, But yeah, in terms of in terms of who comes in for De Kure, I mean, I don't know what the situation is with Will Hughes. He's obviously been absent, um, wasn't getting much of a look in when he wasn't absent. So, you know, is it, is this going to come around too soon for him? Obviously none of us know at this point. So yeah, the obvious, the obvious candidates come in is, is Luca or, I mean, gyro seems to be sort of having a little moment in the sun. So I don't know if he would get dropped in into that position. He's obviously capable of doing it, albeit less sort of dynamically. Um, So, yeah, it'd be interesting. But obviously, whichever way you spin it, the is a miss.
0: Yeah, gyro coming on um, in the game against Wolves. Hmm. was um, It had me pondering in the crowd whether it was a Palace first because he replaced... um, (laughs) This is the 11% beer guy in my head because I can't <laughs> even remember he replaced at this point. <laughs> who, who, did, who did Jaira Redemar replace? He replaced Eche. Mm. Is that the first time that a player with dreads has replaced a player <laughs> with dreads?
3: It's definitely gone to your head because you called him Eche. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: Uh, I've basically now one sip left and yeah. I, I, was like, need, need I was I was there them, continuing um, the yeah. Sen- yeah I was continuing the sentence going did I say that right Ebereshe Eze there you go um, <laughs> is it the first person with dreads
4: to replace to replace, replace him with, with dreads, dreads. God. So, so CPFC
0: if you're listening let us know <laughs> let us know for next, next week yeah I mean I'd, I don't know I reckon there's probably a chance it's happened before it's got to be but
4: yeah, maybe. But Chris
0: yeah. Armstrong didn't have dreads when he was at Paris. That, <laughs> no, he that's, that's a that's a thing since he's um, grown older, and it is smokes a lot of weed and got pressed uh, uh, criminal charges pressed against him and all that sort of jazz. Don't know. Anyway, one to ponder. So CPFC comes out with all the answers. He does. So I'll message him. <laughs> Let me know. Do you say that? About my
4: question for the Everton game because I've seen a lot of people talk about a home team and an away team that Palace put out. Do you think IU then comes back in for Elise? Or do you think that we go with the attacking players that we had on Tuesday? I put that question to the room.
3: I think it's I think it's tricky because I think, you know, we all, you know, it's great yesterday. I, I still sort of go fucking hell when I see when I see, obviously it was different, it wasn't necessarily yesterday, but when you see that midfield three and two of them are Eze and Elise, you sort of think, blimey, that's very sort of attacking. Not, not to say they don't do a bit of the dirty work, but you know, you think, blimey, they're, they're not, as a two, they're not a natural candidates for a pairing in the middle of the park. You know, I, I want to see Elise more sort of where he played yesterday. Um, and then when you remove De Cure from that, that three, yeah. it becomes even more like, oh blimey. is well is 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 Luc is Luca good enough and has he has he got the the same sort of tenacity as De Cure to to put in that amount of work which allows Eze and Elise to also be in that midfield three. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the case. So so yeah, I'd I'd I i i would not expect to see Elise in the midfield three. That's not to say I don't expect to see him start. But if we're playing a midfield three and the Couray's not there, I'd be very surprised if the other two, are Eze and Elise.
0: Yeah, I wonder if he might be forced into three at the back for this game to try and sort of make up for it. Um, it'd be interesting to see what he does. I don't Luca can't do what the is doing anymore. Luca just hasn't got that mobility to get around the pitch as much as he used to. Although I have seen signs of improvement in Luca in his last few appearances, cameos that he's made. There's definitely been. Like flashes of his former self, um but I don't know, and he, we've discussed on the past on this pod whether it's been a mental thing with Luca that's actually been the problem with his old man dying and things mm. like that, and really you know affecting him, so maybe if he's finally now sort of in his head put that to to bed in a way and you know has, has learned how to deal with his grief and whatever, maybe maybe he can rediscover his form, you know with pushed twenty goals in a season, didn't he? Won not yeah. midfield, you know, <laughs> like his um, all bit penalties, I guess. But um, you know, was that, was our captain and leader, and everyone loved him, you know. So it's a, it's a shame to see the way it's gone, but hopefully things will pick up for him. But um, yeah, I think um, we we could look at three at the back for that game. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see how he deals with it. Yeah,
3: and I think the other, I think the other
0: um,
3: formation that. We haven't seen for a while, but I, I look at the, the players we've got and the options we've got. I still, I, f- I still think there is a four-two-three-one in our team as well. But again, one of those two ideally would be De Kure. um because that way, you know, you have a, you have a little bit of screening, and then and then you can play, you can play Eze, Elise, Zaha, all behind Eduard, and take away even more of that sort of midfield defensive responsibility from those players, and and put the onus on. Cure and Will Hughes or Cure and Yairo, or Cure and Luca. Um, but again, it all hinges on, for me, it all hinges on Dukure and he, and he's not there this week. So to do a four, two, three, one on, on the weekend probably isn't the, isn't the game to try it.
0: Well, on the night of recording, Everton are obviously playing a day late and us have lost one nil at Newcastle. Sorry, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched that for whatever reason and you were wanting to, um, Everton not conceding many, but also not really scoring many. Um, Probably a little bit better at home than they are away. So with all that in mind, what's your predictions? Albert, you can kick us off.
3: Uh, I think we're going to go there. And I think we're going to get a a 2-1 victory. Mm.
4: Heskett? You know, before we started recording, I looked at the stats for the game against Newcastle. They had 50% possession, they had more passes in Newcastle, and they had one shot all game and it was off target. I mean, that is.
0: Which is awful. That is, that is bad. That's um, right. Do you remember that time when we had to um, use video evidence to prove that Andros Tannen then did touch the had ball? one game? touch in the box. <laughs> yeah. And it was after 20 seconds of the game and yeah. it was like literally right on the corner. <laughs> uh, so, So seeing those sort
4: of stats similar to when I looked at how shit Danny Ward is as a goalkeeper, and it makes me think we'll fall foul of it. I don't think there'll be <laughs> many goals in it, because we don't score loads, and apparently they don't even have any shots. So I will I, I think it's has one nils for Everton. I think Iwobi's going to score, and that'll annoy me, because I think he's shit.
3: Oh.
0: Oh, that is, but... You're welcome. Um, yeah, well I want to say I'll take a point now, but I mean, if we play anywhere near the levels that we did in the second half, uh, we should annihilate them. But I just don't think that's possible without the core on the field. Um, I'll take a nil nil now. Um, <coughs> can easily comfortably say I'll take a nil nil. Not going to the game. <laughs> yep. So I'll, I'll take I'll take a nil nil. Um, looking at it, I mean, Everton have conceded the same amount of goals as us, one less, but have scored four fewer than we have um in a game in a game more as well so their defense is pretty good but so it's i mean so is ours really by those standards and um a win really will catapult us up the table and then you know looking before the world cup the game the games we've got to play we don't play anyone really until we play spurs i mean west ham clearly aren't the team they were last season um we'll hark back to that in my um at the end of the season, if they continue this form where I said West Ham can't be as good as they have been in previous seasons. What I weird with, you know, the signings they made, yeah. Keter and Skamaka. So we've got them coming up in a couple of weeks. We can discuss that. Um, but, and it could see us overtake Brighton who were only a few weeks ago. talking all about minding the gap and qualifying for the Champions League. They will never learn, will they? <laughs> they will never learn.
3: Here's another, here's another stat that's pertinent, but not pertinent. Uh, and I haven't seen the Newcastle-Everton game tonight, so it's not my really 100% accurate. But Anthony Gordon's... Four, four of his last five yellow cards have all been for diving.
4: Did you know that? Yeah. Have they now?
3: Yep. So if, if there's any hint of, you know, the the typical Zaha jibing from any section of the home support, we definitely know they can shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah. James Madison, was at it? Yeah, he was. I oh, yeah, mean. In that Leicester game, I mean, it's... And then to just throw in the face of all of that you only have to throw out that picture of wilf against the four wolves players on tuesday night just yep if he goes down so easy then explain this to me please exactly thank you very much right i think that's enough it's a long one this week sorry for that um listen we've just reviewed
3: and previewed i've it's, i i do not know about you boys it sounds it feels like hambo and that lot are out of a job
0: yeah, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> Finished. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure Hambo would complain too much, to be honest. Be like, oh, fair enough. I think I think that's what Nick deserves after is drop Wilfred Zaha
4: nonsense. Mm. Well,
3: the, the, the playing devil's advocate. Look what he did the next game. Maybe it was a genius stroke by Vieira. I don't agree. Just for the record, I'm just. That's fine.
4: I was going to say you're I just. Uh, you're going to be subbed
0: out next week if you carry on with that. Well, anyway, then watch what gonna, I do the week after. You're going to get a, uh, a match report on the weekend. On, the, I imagine it'll be ready for Sunday evening. Next week, we are a, at home to Southampton. Yes, we are. So we will be pre- previewing that normal time in your ears for Thursday. And um, Heskiff, thank you for hosting me. You're welcome. I-, I would say thanks for the beer, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure. Albert... Um, He's working, yeah. Albert work, listeners, Albert is working in London from the next few weeks. So we've discussed getting a podcast room and doing it all in person. So maybe um, we'll have that treat of seeing you if you don't bin us off a tasty jerk again. This is where Albert says, actually, it's during. It's
4: it's just after the Nottingham Forest game when there's no Palace games for two months.
3: Listen, you guys, are winding, you're only winding yourselves up, so...
0: Well, listen, mate, just just so you know, if you are doing it in person, you're not hiding away from an 11% beer either. So.
3: No, but I will be fully clothed. So I hope you don't mind. Hey,
0: boo. Well, you know, we were just, <laughs> you know, rubbing each other down with Chouray's leftover body or. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, look forward to speaking to you all next week. Until then, up the palace.
1: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.